city I've been browsed. Treading water that they drown. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 113 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. And guys, I mean, we are in the thick of it here, you know, and I'm super excited. Scott Fishbowl playoffs are coming up. We're starting to really look at those rosters now and and see, you know, we know where we're at, right? The chips are there. We're going to see if we can push the chips all in for those contenders. We've covered what it looks like to retool. We've covered what it looks like to rebuild. Now, John Mung and myself are going to show you guys how to properly push the chips all in. I mean, there's a lot of philosophy. It's not just blindly going all in. We're going to give you some ideas. We're going to give you who has the best schedules. I mean, just some some just hard-hitting stuff. But before we do that, it is Thanksgiving. You know, like tomorrow is Thanksgiving. A lot of you guys are going to listen to this, and it's going to be that time. And, you know, I'm just super excited for the, for watching three games, having a day off after the grind, and just getting down to football and enjoying that time with family. John... Big family guy yourself. I know you're super excited about tomorrow. Talk to me a little bit about Thanksgiving and what's going on with you and something you're thankful for. You can't lose what you don't put in the middle, but you can't win much either. I'm all in. This is great. I'm looking forward to this show tonight and and absolutely love Thanksgiving. It's all the F's, right? Faith, family, friends, fantasy football. It is, all the F's. Yeah, And, and I'm really thankful just to be on the pod with you two guys. We've been doing this a while. It's always a good time. And I'll, I'll throw this out there. Really thankful for all the listeners, those of you that are tuning in with us right now. You are why we do this. It's all about the community for us. And they always reach out and, and let us know where you need help. And so I, I, re- I really enjoy that. I'm thankful for all those listeners out there. For me, it's, it's pretty cool just to see how it's grown. Um, this week, I cleared 4K followers on Twitter, which is cool. Um, you know, we're, we're in Scott Fishbowl, which is really all about community as well. So thankful for all those types of things that, that bring us all together this time of year. I love that. And the uh, freshly freshly married man, you know, got that Thanksgiving coming up here. Mung, you know, it's been awesome. It's 113 episodes in here. I got to thank you so much, you and John. I mean, like it's literally just transformed into something that this is something I absolutely love to do for our listeners, like John said. And Mung, I mean, you're in there week in and week out, and I, I'm just excited to to chop it up with you guys. But what what's going on for you for Thanksgiving, and what are you excited for? Yeah, I got a short drive ahead of me, uh, just hanging out with some family tomorrow, and then going to the Bucks Browns game on Sunday. So I'm pretty pumped oh, for nice. that one. Hopefully, it won't be too cold, but. Uh, yeah, it's been a great year, as you, nice. as you mentioned. Uh, I just got married, so I'm thankful for all the you know the friends and family who helped us celebrate, and certainly thankful for all the podcast listeners and the Patreon too, who's kept us honest this entire season, and who keeps us involved and up to speed with uh, you know even though sometimes uh, I see the notifications on my phone for big injuries or big trades that went down. Uh, you know, the Smash Patreon group is always on top of things with the latest news and then discussing the fallout of all that news. 
Yeah, the Patreon's been amazing. It's been, you know, iron sharpens iron. The guys are talking in there the same way that we do. And I see them a lot of times. They're like, hey, John would say this. Mung would say this. Dad would say this. And now they're all kind of forming their own things. It's just been a great community. One thing that I'm really thankful for is the the guys that have stepped up, you know, from the Patreon, from the, the listenership that have, have jumped on the podcast. You know, we've... We've had Adam Armour's been on here, at JB Undershepherd. We've had uh, at Fantasy Nerd Boy. We've had at Super Skull Fan. I mean, so many guys from that, you know, just that Patreon, those guys and just forming those friendships and guys jumping on here. And I'm super thankful for those guys. Uh, guys, I mean, tonight it's about going all in, you know, and I know this is something that John and I talk about a lot, you know, like, shout out to uh, V Pizzle, you know, he, he made a meme of my Smash 5 team of like, F those picks, dad's just pushing the chips all in, you know, and there's so many different ways this time of year to really decide if it's that time. Mung, when you're looking at your roster, I mean, we were looking at week 12 and it's like, you, you got to look at where you're at. When do you know it's time to like push in all the chips? I mean, like there's so many guys right now that are in that six seed that are pushing it in and other guys are in that one seed what is that time and what is that area for you guys both that is like okay i'm making that move i think i got the team yeah well i think one overlooked part of the strategy of deciding whether to push all in at this point in the season is you have to look at your upcoming fantasy schedule right because you might have a really good team but be facing you know the top two to three seeds over the next few weeks or you might have a middling team, but when you look at the schedule, you're going to face, you know, that one in 10 team that's rebuilding and that three and three and eight team, whatever it is over the next few weeks where you know that you're going to get some ugly wins, but that's going to vault you in the playoffs. So, you know, depending on the schedule coming up, your roster may not actually matter quite as much uh, as how it seems. So you can still make a push, even if you're in that seven or eight seed spot looking to just kind of climb into that last playoff berth. I love that. I love that because I'm doing that on all my teams. Like I'm sitting there looking and I'm not just looking at myself, but I'm looking at that guy that I'm tied with. And is he playing that guy that's 0-11 right now? You know, is who's got that one shot where they're going to get a freebie? And especially when it comes to that week 14. Now, obviously all the smash pod leagues, you know, like we, we don't have a trade deadline. You know, anyway, we're not going to debate should there be a trade deadline? Shouldn't there be? Because that can change things, right? Like, you don't need to push the chips all in right now if there is no trade deadline. But, John, I mean, I know you, and you're all in, John, tonight. I see it in the corner. What are some things that you're looking for where you're like, okay, this is the team, right? Like, a lot of times I try to target when I'm rebuilding, I try to target these teams right now that are five, six, seven, eight in that spot where they really want to go all in. How do you know when it's time to go all in? Yeah, you, when you when you kind of convince yourself that you have a shot, typically I, I want to make sure that I'm a top three team in the league, and you can clearly judge that with how you've done on your record and your total points scored, and also just kind of how you've performed over the past few weeks leading up to this point. You could be getting hot, right? And I've seen a lot of teams that get hot at the right time to get healthy, the, the guys in the roster um, maybe coming off IR or whatever, and so you, you look at that and you kind of look at, okay, what am I likely to score per week with this team that I have coming into weeks 15, 16, mm-hmm. and 17? That's and you huge. can you can do the math, right? Just go look at what you think you're going to be scoring per game versus the other teams. And you can quickly size it up. You're like, okay, I'm about 10 points off of the first team. 
how am I going to come up with 10 more points per game with this roster, right? I could move these younger guys, maybe get a couple of vets that are putting up more points per week right now. Um, guys that, you know, in dynasty guys are willing to part with, right? Because they may only have another couple of years, right? You know, these are the Travis Kelsey's, the Derrick Henry's, the Devonte Adams and Nuke Hopkins type guys that you can get at a, that vet discount but it's perfect for an all-in team. And so, I mean, coming back to your question, how do you know? You got to really kind of sit down and look at it, be honest with your your roster and just kind of do the math and, and make sure that you have a team that can that can truly win and compete at all. And, you know, what moves do you need to make to, make to try and make your team the number one team, go all in and win it? Love it. You know, the thing that I'm looking at right now is we're trying to find, like you said, find that way to score an extra 10 points, an extra 15 points. And one of the things that, that we do here at Smash Accepts is we look at the easiest schedules for week 15, 16, and 17. And I'm going to, you know, for me, where it's won a lot of times is that running back position. You know, like the wide receivers, your staples yes. are going to score your points. Yes, sir. But what I'm looking at right now is the 10 easiest schedules for weeks 15, 16, and 17. And I want to talk about some of these guys because the first one, number one, is the New York Jets. All right, and it's it's great timing because the MILF Slayer himself, Zach Wilson, is no longer starting. Mike White is going to get that shot. Mike White was phenomenal, you know, in a couple games last year. You know, we all know that one game where he put up over 40 fantasy points. The Jets now are in an interesting situation where they have the easiest schedule, weeks 15, 16, and 17, with Detroit, Jacksonville, and Seattle. It does not get juicier than that. Mung, is this a situation here where with Mike White, you know, like, are we going to get an opportunity? In my opinion, I put it out there today, Garrett Wilson has to get a little bit of bump in value because Zach Wilson last week, I mean, they scored, they averaged less than three, what was it, three inches per play last week. Like, that's how abysmal this offense was. Garrett Wilson, I think, gets a bump. Elijah Moore. And is this an opportunity where Michael Carter and James Robinson could be that difference maker that's a little bit on the cheaper side? Uh, you know, I would be hesitant to expect a huge boost in the offense. We know that Mike White certainly had that massive game against the Bengals last year. But at the same time, I would keep in mind two things. One, it sounds like Robert Sale said they want Zach Wilson to, you know, quote unquote, reset or whatever it was uh, this week. Uh, and that's why he's not even the backup. Now, to me, that sounds like they want to, you know, kind of get his mind in the right place. This is more of a punishment for saying that he had nothing to do with that loss last last mm -hmm. week. I, I don't know that he's benched for the season. Um, so that's the first thing to keep in mind because Wilson could be back in the starting lineup as soon as next week. And two, I think they're just looking for someone who can get a few plays here and there. They're still going to remain pretty run heavy by design. And so while I, I think this could be a slight upgrade for Garrett Wilson, I don't know that I would necessarily see it as, as some potential league winner per se. Mm -hmm. Right now, I mean, you got to look at Michael Carter – is a guy that has been, you know, an RB2 on the season, John. And I think, you know, I, there's a situation here, aside from what we're thinking about the quarterback position here, that 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 playoff scenario is about as juicy as it gets. You know, talk to me a little bit about what you think about Carter and Robinson. And then also, tied for that first spot in easiest schedule, Alvin Kamara gets 
Cleveland, Atlanta, and Philadelphia, all who have also struggled against the run. So, I mean, you got to look at the schedule this time of year. You got to look at those teams that they're going to get that opportunity because you know when they play Detroit, you know when they play Jacksonville, you know when they play Seattle, it's going to be high scoring and it's going to be a lot of lot of offensive production. Yeah, no, I think first of all, you're playing at this point. If you think that you're basically in the playoffs or, or even better yet, you've done so well during the season that you're going to look at a first round bye. Definitely start to build your roster for those weeks. Like if you're going to get a bye weeks week fifteen build your roster around week 16 and 17 matchups. Definitely. That's, that's part of the point. all in strategy. Yeah. And if you have a defense, for example, you still start a defense, start to look at strength of schedule and pick up a couple defenses and just stash them for those that, you know, you're, they're playing Houston, they're playing Pittsburgh or whoever the, the weaker offenses are. And I'm trying to figure that one out, but coming back to, to your point, absolutely running backs to me are always the key on a all in type of team and it, it's sometimes it's it's a little bit uh, of a zig when everyone else is zagging a lot of people like to build their dynasty rosters off those young wide receivers have a couple of qbs and so again you can kind of figure out ways to get some of these running backs we talk about it a lot on the pod we think about some of the guys that were the playoff heroes last year i think you still want to have dad you want to have your derrick henry joe mixon austin eckler type guys that are going to be the the workhorses, the point, especially in points per carry leagues, guys that hopefully will get you some PPR points as well. That's your your base. But I like the idea of sprinkling in a Michael Carter or an Alvin Kamara or whoever these other guys are. We could we should throw some more names out throughout the pod tonight. Well, yeah, and I have, go pick I have a up, whole right? list here. You know, okay, yeah, the, the you do want to have some of those. And guys. I, I've referenced this in, in in weeks past, and I got to give a shout out to Tim Smith. He's the guy that got me into Dynasty. The Dynasty professor himself at Third Down Theory. Give him a follow. Uh, he beat me last year. I was 13-1 going into the championship, and he beat me with a bunch of just leftover running backs, you know, and I think we always talk about building your team around those wide receivers, but he beat me with Deontay Foreman and Rashad Penny and, you know, guys like that that are just thrown into the mix. When I'm looking at this easiest schedule, Michael Carter's a guy that jumps out. The Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco, he, you know, he gets Houston, Seattle, Denver, third Ooh, easiest schedule. I like that. The Ravens, Kenyon Drake has been has been solid. Gus might bounce okay. back. They have an mm-hmm. easy schedule. Jamal okay. Williams is that cheap guy. I mean, Jamal Williams has been a borderline RB1 oh. with his touchdown production. Perfect he gets the candidate. Jets, Love that Carolina, one. Chicago. You know, you have the Rams... That's a little bit of a tricky situation. You know, you try to go yeah, in that area. No Broncos have an easy schedule. But, I mean, there are guys to go out there and be had. I mean, Foreman's always a, a, a good option. It might be a little bit more boom-bust. And that's always an option. You know, you go in there with those mm-hmm. guys. I recently sold Pacheco for a 23-second plus uh, Kyler, Kyler Granson in a third because I was like, all right, I don't need him on a productive struggle. But Pacheco could be a guy who, you know, steps up during – during this fantasy playoffs. And Gus Edwards could be a guy. I mean, you want to have this time of year as many lottery tickets in that running back position as possible. You want to get those handcuffs. You got Leonard Fournette has a super easy schedule, so you want to make sure you have Rashad White in there. There's so many options in there that I think, I mean, let's let's keep hitting on this. Monk, who are some of those other guys that are just like the Jeff Wilsons, the Raheem Mosserts? Are there any of those guys that jump out to you where it's like, 
this is a guy that I should be picking up now because he's still cheap. And I, I'm always scouring. I'm looking at those bottom three teams. In all of your leagues, you should be looking at who's in ninth through 12th and why do they have Jeff Wilson on their team? Why do they have, you know, certain players? Like, that guy shouldn't be on there. Make him some kind of offer of an upside young player that they think is going to be a big win for them. Right. And, you know, the names that you mentioned are definitely interesting. And I would even look at cheaper options, right? Because right now, a lot of teams are looking to offload those types of players if they're not in contention. And you might be able to get a deal simply because no one's willing to pay, let's say, a second round rookie pick right now for Latavius Murray, right? Because nobody necessarily believes quite just yet, but Murray could become a potential workhorse in Denver. We saw that he was already getting the goal line carries and now he's getting used as a receiver with Melvin Gordon waved. Um, He's someone that people just are not super excited about. And Mm -hmm. you mentioned some of those upside guys like Pacheco is going to be expensive at this point, I think, but you can get a guy like Dontrell Hilliard or Deion Jackson, who's been forgotten about since Jonathan Taylor came back, who's an ankle tweak from Taylor away from, you know, 20 points with just five, six catches at every game. So look at those cheaper options. If you know, you aren't getting anywhere in negotiations for some of the more hyped up players. I love that. I mean, the team that I referenced before I have Eckler, Barkley, Kamara, but Connor, right. But I have all of these guys that we referenced Tony Pollard, who's through the moon. I have Pacheco, Drake, Jeff Wilson, Hilliard, Deion Jackson, Michael Carter, Chuba Hubbard's another one. Like, this is the time of year where it's like, solidify your wide receivers and just start making some trades to get these guys. Get these guys on the back end of your roster because, one, you have a shot that they're going to help you, and, two, they're going to have better trade value, you know, in this particular time of the year, you know, and I think that's always something um, to look at. Guys, I have a trade offer. It literally just came through. And he, he tweaked it a little bit, and i got to get both of your opinions here because I'm, I mentioned Tony Pollard, and Tony Pollard has been phenomenal, right? I mean, you look at Tony Pollard over the last couple of weeks. He comes off, you know, he, he drops after the bye. Before the bye, 37 points against Chicago as the RB4. After the bye, 27.3 as the RB8. Last week, 40.65 as the RB1. He is a heavily sought-after commodity where I'm seeing – a 23 first for Tony Pollard is pretty much a staple right now. And I know, John, I want you to comment on that mm-hmm. first before we get to the trade because Zeke still scored two touchdowns this week, you know, and has Dallas found this this magic formula? And to me, the, the principle of Tony Pollard for a 23 first is against almost everything that we've said at Smash except about, you know, buying that particular area. But he's been hot. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, I got to say, Tony Pollard won me a couple of leagues last week, at least that, that those matchups. And it, it really comes down to your roster construction. OK, so if you're if you're really trying to make sure that you can win it all, it really does help to have ceiling players like Tony Pollard. And we could go down the list and these, these guys that are capable of hitting the big plays, you could also have the same discussion around wide receivers, but Tony Pollard right now, I mean, that that's how he scored so many points last week. It was two big, big plays mm-hmm. that he caught from Dak, but that's what they want to do. That's part of that offense right now. But I mean, you look at his snap share and he had over 50% of the snaps as well. Maybe they're easing Zeke back in, or maybe Jerry and everyone else just realizes he's got more juice than Zeke Pollard is the thing. And I think Zeke's still a thing though. Like and people are selling Zeke for a 23 second. I, would well, you Zeke's rather buy goal line too? 
Would you yeah. rather buy Zeke for a 23 second or Pollard for a 23 first? Well, I mean, Zeke is actually as crazy as it sounds. He's going to be a little bit cheaper right now, and he's a, he's a nice kind of maybe, let's say, cheaper, and he's getting goal line carries in a strong offense. So I kind of like them both. I actually have a couple rosters. I play them both right now um, in you know flex-type positions. So, again, Zeke might be a decent floor-type play, but I think Pollard's your ceiling play. So it comes back to do you have a strong foundation – do you have some guys that you can count on to make sure they're giving you kind of the high floor types, but are you mixing in some ceiling players like Tony Pollard that can hit the big play and help you win it all? I like kind of balancing out your roster like that. So something to consider. I mean, we could go and on and on since, talking about these types. Of well, guys, no, no, so. since we have the 23 first and I'm, and it's going to be brought up in this deal, mm-hmm. Tony Pollard. Okay. So if you, a lot of people are, are doing that same thing that we do all the time in Dynasty. And Mung and I talk about how it's so cyclical all the time. So, hey, Kareem Hunt, he's going to get a job somewhere you know, next year because he's a free agent. Oh, no, he didn't. He came back. Tony Pollard, mm-hmm. he's going to be a stud workhorse somewhere else. How many running backs have we talked about that are coming yeah. out of 2023 class that are going to be studs? And I do not, as much as I like Tony Pollard, he's not in the same breath as you know a, a Gibbs or some of these other guys in there. So it's like... At what point are you willing to make that move? Like you're making a mm-hmm. big investment for a 2023 first for a guy like Tony Pollard if he doesn't land and be a starter or, you know, because if he comes back to Dallas, Zeke's still under contract next year. You know, they can get out of it the year after that. But, I mean, it's a tough call, right? So It is. Yeah, I, I'll weigh in on this. And this is one of the key things we're going to talk about here on the pod tonight. In an all-in situation, part of what we're talking about is you're pushing in your chips, i.e. your draft picks, your rookie picks. If you're you're committed to going all-in, you're likely trading your 23 picks and maybe even considering your 24 picks. Um, Last year in Smash 1, as as an example, I pretty much had moved all my 23 and 24 rookie picks to stack the roster with as much talent, as much points per game as I could. In this case, you you have to kind of be willing – in a dynasty format to let's say slightly overpay send yeah. those those picks away and get let's say 80 90 of what they should be valued at i mean it's it felt gross last year but in the championships last year i was still trading seconds for like quarterell patterson sony With michelle and yeah winning right? your championship is e- yeah. e- eternal glory in the smash except yeah world. And, and it's and like the payouts too right yeah I mean, it, great, exactly right and so and, so Let, I, let's, I think you'd be willing to do that is, is really answer the question. You've got to be willing to trade a 23 first for certain player, caliber players, 23 seconds for other set of players. And we can help you kind of size up those values. Absolutely. And then one thing I'm advocating is trading your 24 first instead of your 23 first. If you can, yep. the class yep. is going to be good, but you can recoup that value. Mung, I'm going to hit you with the trade. And I kind of gave you preface the idea a little bit earlier, but I would be receiving in a points per carry league on a team that is 10 and one that's just been dominant. Uh, Derrick Henry, the 105 in the in this upcoming rookie draft, and it's pretty much locked in. I mean, because of what, the way we set it up, it's going to be the 105. And a 24 second, I would be giving away Tony Pollard, the 103, and a 24 first, which will be late. So it's Henry and Pollard, 
the 103, the 105, the 24-1 versus 24-2. You know, I, I started this deal out. I, I called the guy, you know, because I was like, hey, what do you want to do, man? Like, what, what are you looking to do? He goes, I need a quarterback, and I know I can't get one at five with you sitting there. I have the four pick as well. So I have the three and the four. He knew Stroud and Young wouldn't be falling that all the way down to five. So talk to me a little bit about this trade, Mung, and let me know what you think. Yeah, I like it as an all-in sort of move. I don't think it's even that much of an overpay because I would equate, you know, the 105 and the second round pick uh, to the 103. And then Pollard, so basically Pollard and a 2024 first, right, for Derrick Henry, which in points per carry, I would definitely want Henry just because he is being used as that workhorse. And that matters so much in that scoring format for anyone who hasn't played that i mean the the workhorse running backs are just on an entirely different level when they get that extra point boost every single week as a floor um so yeah i, I like it a lot and then when you look at derrick henry's playoff schedule too it's phenomenal thank you thank you that was my next point so i'm going to have to john's point and this is huge they play the Chargers in week 15. week 16 they get the houston texans yes the houston texans are giving up 180 rushing yards a game they're getting torched in the end zone and this is why i have gone all in on four different shares of derrick henry this week i have just pushed the chips in you know i gave up Najee and dotson and i know that seems like a lot but i was like I'm going for it. You know, and Najee had a great week, you know, and a little bit of bounce back. You could still buy him for a 24 first somewhere. But I, and then I was giving up a lot of other trades where I was like, you know what? I'm going to give a player like Tony Pollard in this situation and get a guy like Derrick Henry. Tony Pollard has been Derrick Henry for three weeks. Derrick Henry has been Derrick Henry for the last three years where, and you're talking points per carry. He has just been the best like he has absolutely dominated so guys go out there the other guy i mean christian mccaffrey gets washington and the raiders over his last two weeks i mean that's someone to go all in on there you know and i think kamara like i said cleveland and philadelphia those last couple weeks these things are huge going all in to try to get those kind of players and yes they're going to cost you more and i think we carry covered that running back position very well i mean we talked about getting those small pieces. We talked about going out there and getting those big pieces. The position that everybody keeps messaging me about, guys, is the quarterback position. Quarterback position is a wasteland right now. You know, you have your top 10 guys, and then it just, it, it, it's difficult, right? And now we know Justin Fields has, you know, a dislocation. Josh Allen has not looked quite himself since his injury. And I'm looking at the easiest playoff schedules here, and it's, you know, the number one easiest schedule is the Texans. Texans have the best schedule. You know, they they just bench Davis Mills, so we're not even thinking there. The Jets have the second one. And unfortunately, if someone were able to come in there, if you buy Mike White real cheap and he balls out, he gets Detroit, Jacksonville, and Seattle. <laughs> that doesn't help. Panthers have the third easiest. So again, not even paying attention. Fourth is the Niners. Garoppolo's the cheap option. Fifth is the is is the Steelers. But let's start talking about the other ones now. So you get six, Lamar Jackson gets Cleveland. Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Mariota, who's actually a top 10 quarterback right now, <laughs> gets New Orleans, Baltimore, and Arizona. And then the two that I'm looking at are 9 and 10. Aaron Rodgers gets Miami and Minnesota the final two weeks. And Deshaun Watson gets Baltimore, New Orleans, and Washington. Mung, Deshaun Watson, we've been sitting on them shares, but should we be going after him? I mean, I want you to talk about Watson. And then, John, I want you to talk about Aaron Rodgers because he almost feels like He's back there. I mean, talk to me about some of these schedule situations 
and the position overall. We'll start with you, Monk. Right. As you mentioned, it's really a wasteland outside of the top eight or ten or so quarterbacks right now. Watson, again, we've talked about him pretty much all season, all, all off season, where the value is just going to jump as soon as he steps on the field, right? Regardless of anything else, as soon as he's been cleared to be activated in a couple weeks, I mean, basically his value is just going to take a big jump up. And now is the last, probably the last week or so where you can get this him is it. maybe a single first in Superflex formats. Um, I mean, all the cheaper options you mentioned, again, you're going to have some big games out of those guys. But outside of best ball formats, there's a there's a big, big chance every single week that those QB2s could kill you, right? Like Derek Carr, I mean, he's had some decent games, but then he's had some very low floor games. Um, even Kenny Pickett, he's yet to really pop in fantasy, even though he's played fairly well in real life. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan Tannehill's had some big games. He's actually a name that I'm potentially looking to buy with Traylon Burks finally healthy. It seems yeah. like that passing game is starting to heat up a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, if you can get Watson for, you know, for relatively cheap still, that would definitely be a target, especially with what they've built around him with Donovan Peoples-Jones looking good, David Bell starting to contribute a little mm-hmm. bit, and then David Njoku back healthy from the high ankle sprain. So he's got a great position, a uh, group of skill position players around him. Mung, I got a question for you. So I am I am sitting there and I have Patrick Mahomes as my QB1 and my QB2 is lacking and I have the 102. Would you give the 102 for Deshaun Watson right now? Yeah, I would if you're a strong contender. John, counter to that real quick about the 102 versus Deshaun Watson and then talk to me about this resurgence we've had with Aaron Rodgers because I know last year every single week you used to text me be like Rodgers or Tannehill yeah. Rodgers or this guy I'm like always Rodgers and yeah. Mr. Rodgers is starting to peek his head back out again and he's starting to you know connect with Christian Watson it's starting to look good yeah Aaron Rodgers was always the play last year and I mean he he got the back-to-back MVPs people kind of forget that um, as he struggled some this year along with that offense but he, he really is a kind of a cheaper option. People are kind of worried. Is, is the guy even coming back next year? How long is he going to be around in the league? He's you can get him for much cheaper. He's the QB year. 12. So he's a QB it's, one on the is. season. Yeah. It's surprising, isn't it? He's been QB 13, QB 10, QB 13 over the last couple of weeks. And if you look that Miami, Minnesota is just juicy. Yeah. I was you just know, looking he, at that. He gets yeah. a fresh buy in week 14 where he gets a little mm-hmm. bit of rest. And I think John, this is going to sound crazy, but a late 23 first or even a 24 first might get you Aaron Rodgers. I think, I, yeah, I would definitely start with the 24 first. But, yeah, Miami in week 16, 30th against QBs in terms mm-hmm. of points allowed. Minnesota was 25th. So that's one of the better fantasy matchups um, for, for QBs. So I really like the strength of schedule there for the playoffs for Aaron Rodgers. Christian Watson has finally shown up and, like, flipped a switch. I think he had, what, five touchdowns in two games. Mm-hmm. So clicking in the red zone and the big play, which has kind of been missing. So he's starting to throw down field more. He's got Lazard. He's got other options. Um, the, the offensive line has played a little bit better. Aaron Jones is still a factor. So I think you could potentially get him for cheaper. You really do need two strong QBs in Superflex, though, mm-hmm. to win it all. I, I'm still of, of the opinion that, you really should still have – we talked about those top eight QBs. you got to have one of those. Yeah. you got to pay up, right? You need oh, yeah. a Josh Allen or a Lamar Jackson or a Mahomes or something like that, typically, if you're going to want to win it all. 
or you know a couple of the mid to late QB ones. You're stacking like Burrow and Tua or Dak somewhere in there, right? But well, you know, Tua's got yeah. the toughest schedule of any top Does five he? quarterback okay. right now with uh-huh. with Buffalo, Green Bay, and New England. Guys, the mm-hmm. guy that I'm going out there and buying, and I have bought him in every league. And if you're in, if <laughs> you own him, you're, say. you're yeah. tired of me making offers for him. It's Geno Smith. <laughs> yes. We've been talking about it for like just about to say for Gino. like ten weeks. Yeah. You know, like, and the idea of Seattle winning. And Mung talked about it last week. He's probably the starter next year. You know, like you went into this year season being like, okay, well, Geno's going to get a couple spot starts here or there. You know, they're going to draft a quarterback, and it's all going. to – No, I mean, he is the QB seven. Overall, you know, and he has gone out there and yeah, he's perfect. still the cheapest option there. And you can no longer buy him for a 23 second. We were buying him for that mid season. Now it's looking like a 24 first. And I got an Two offer. seconds, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You know, and I got an offer of a 24 first for him and I declined it because he's my QB too. You know, like there's so many guys. Mm-hmm. I just want him on my rosters when I'm ready to compete. And I think I would, I would scale back. You know, like it, it gets very difficult there where. Kirk Cousins has been that guy that's been a staple of consistency, right? And Aaron Rodgers, but I would rather have Geno than either of them right now. I mean, I think Geno just week yeah. in and week out, his worst. Yeah, I agree. His, I mean, he had one game where he was outside the top twenty. One. That's it. That was against San Francisco Same in week two. Since yeah. then, he's had four QB one weeks and four QB two weeks. All of them right around that fringe QB one area, mm-hmm. and I just think he is the ultimate super flex quarterback to have right now as crazy as that sounds right like it just if you said that a year ago if we had a time machine like i would have been kicked out of the industry you know like there's nobody would have believed that about geno smith so is there anybody else that has a schedule that's out there that's like i'm a little bit worried about you know just field it's philly and buffalo and he's a little banged up he's been phenomenal i'm a little i'm very worried about kyler murray but he gets, you know, he has Denver and Tampa Bay in weeks 15 and 16. So well, <laughs> I've been I'll, trying I'll to throw one out. Um, Go ahead. This is a guy that we actually talked about as a buy low over the last couple of weeks. But Justin Herbert is um, is still, from what I've seen in trades, still somebody you can acquire for. I'm scaling off. Uh, yeah, I was I, I was buying there. Off of him? I don't well, know. Like, I just I'm looking. I think at it depends right on now. what you got here. Yeah, it, it does depend on the the price. Um, but he's a guy that's not going to wreck your team if you mm-hmm. buy him in. But um, this week he's got Arizona 26. Next week, Las Vegas 31st. Week 14, Miami 30th. Week 15, Tennessee 29th. I mean, these are wow. all like bottom five, six teams. And week 16, Indianapolis, middle of the road. So mm-hmm. if you're just looking for a guy that um, you could sort of build your team around, uh, I think mean, he's got Keenan Allen is back. Mike Williams may or may not be back, but – this past week, he definitely looked better. He looked more confident. He was throwing downfield. He, he connected with DeAndre Carter a little bit mm-hmm. more. So, I mean, it does come down to the price. I'm with you on this. Um, well, and I think the moves that I made, so I have Herbert in one, and Mung, I want you to chime okay. in here a little bit. So, I, w- I mean, I have Gino, Mariota as my two and three, and, and Brady actually in that league. So I was like, flex and Herbert, see what I could do. I was trying to move up to Mahomes by adding a 23 first, and nobody was interested. I tried to move up from, from Herbert to Burrow with a 23 second. Then I tried to move up to get you know Jalen Hurts in those kind of situations. Mung, are you comfortable with Justin Herbert as your QB1? And what kind of moves could you potentially make? You know, Because a lot of people are a little bit, they're ready to hit that panic button, but it's you know it, it hasn't 
We've talked about it for weeks. Keenan finally is healthy. Mike Williams came back. What are we doing here with Justin Herbert? Yeah, I would be buying Herbert uh, because his lack of production really has come as a result of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Gerald Everett all being hurt yeah. uh, almost at the same time for a lot right. of weeks. Uh, now he's finally getting a lot of his receivers back healthy, and those are the kind of players that you want to target as potential buy lows. Uh, you know, the same goes for a guy I mentioned, Ryan Tannehill, who finally has a, an actual wide receiver now healthy. Um, Tom Brady, who hasn't been great in fantasy, but if – Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and if Julio Jones or Russell Gage can ever stay healthy, um, then his prospects might be on the up and up over the second half of the season as well. And then somebody that you guys didn't mention, Daniel Jones, who is, I think, like the QB 10 in points per game Mm -hmm. this year, who threw two interceptions against uh, the Lions, but was still a top five fantasy quarterback because he ran for 50 yards and a touchdown. Um, The most mobile uh, white quarterback that we've seen in quite some time, perhaps, uh, who isn't talking about enough. Someone in the Patreon called him White Vic. I was like, yo, that's not or Vanilla Vic. I was like, yo. <laughs> Vanilla Vic, yeah. yeah that was yeah. it. I was like, oh, man. It's beautiful. It's brutal. Yeah. yeah. He does, I, I unfortunately, he does have Philadelphia in week 14. Yeah. But. Yeah. Let's, let's move over to the wide receiver position because this is one where I think you can exploit more than ever. You know, of the guys that are just – ballers the guys that are going to go out there and really just put up points and for me i'm going out there and i'm putting all the chips in on Devonte adams and tyreek hill tyreek mm-hmm. hill is the wide receiver too i bought him in multiple leagues this week and i was i was shocked that people are willing to trade him because we're, we're talking about he's going to be 28 you know and like that's where he's at right now I had a trade, I saw it for at Nathan Morris from the Patreon, and I think this is the most beautiful situation for both sides here. He said he's in a productive struggle. If you guys didn't hear our Cooper Cup episode with the injury lawyers two weeks ago that John and I did, we break down everything you need to know about Cooper Cup, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. If you don't want to pay those 23 firsts, Use these guys in a way to package up. And I love this trade here. So Nathan's in a productive struggle. He gets Cooper Cup in a 23 second. The guy that's contending gets Tyreek Hill. That's beautiful. That's exactly what we were suggesting doing. You know, like I was getting DeAndre Hopkins in a 24 first for Cup. You know, like depending which side you're there, if you have Cooper Cup, I think you can make a way to maneuver around a little bit here john where you can you can add a little bit and get Devonte, add a little bit and get Ty- tyreek hill yeah for sure that's the play there's really two ways you can approach this you can package a pick with cooper cup and you know do like a tyreek hill a Devonte adams deandre hopkins are all good targets or you have to be kind of willing to get let's say 80% of Cooper cup, you know, if you're not going to package it and you know, you're just taking a step down, but you're still getting points in your lineup every week. So that's kind of how I've been approaching that. I've been um, approaching different teams if I have cup and then, you know, again, on the flip side, if if you're contending and you're still sitting on cup, you really got to move him and, and get something for him or you're not all in, right? You just, you can't have dead weight on your roster. So just some things to think through there on that one. But I, I like that trade that you broke down. 
And Mung, a guy, and I know we're, we've been talking about it for so long, but I have to do it again. Another trade that I, uh, I got done where I had Cooper Cup. I got Amari Cooper in a second. And right now, Amari Cooper sits there as the fifth easiest schedule down the stretch, getting Baltimore, New Orleans, and Washington. And he's done nothing but be a wide receiver one this season at 28 years old. Right, and we mentioned Cooper, I think, a couple weeks ago as a buy low because he's been producing well even with Jacoby Brissett, and it's very possible that he could be close to a top-five option if he and Watson develop some chemistry quickly. And, you know, the strength of schedule certainly helps as well. Got to look at some of the other schedules here. I mean, the Texans have the number one easiest schedule, and you're not trusting Brandon Cooks or Nico Collins. You know, it's just a, a tough thing. The Ravens have the second and again, you're, I mean, what are you going to trust? You know, hopefully that's Mark Andrews, but there's not a lot going there. Panthers, again, that doesn't help. Steelers. Well, George- actually, I mean, <laughs> with the Ravens, it seems like Demarcus Robinson is kind of emerging as their lead guy instead of Devin Duvernay. And you can probably get Robinson for a third-round rookie pick right now. Yeah. I, would, I would definitely think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to the Steelers at four, one thing that you guys can do, and uh, you know, another reference to a guy in one of our leagues, you know, is you have that 23 first and yes, we all want to buy package up and pay a ton for CD lamb, or we want to go get this guy or that guy. George Pickens, you know, is, is a guy that is in that area where you can, you know, or Chris Olave as you know, he's the eighth easiest schedule. Garrett Wilson has the 10th easiest. If you have that 23 first, this is a time maybe to try to push in for one of those guys, you know, and try to get yourself a rookie that's Ken put up numbers and I think sometimes John we look at it where we're like well I gotta buy Devontae you know I gotta buy this guy and yeah. I'm always scouring that line and I'm like if they're not available you might need mm-hmm. to go down a little bit and if you're gonna go down Watson or I'm sorry Olave Wilson and and Pickens are top 20 dynasty wide receivers that that could produce and stay yeah. long term yeah right and you could do that without like hurting your your team for the long term so i do like those kind of options but you could also do some cheaper options like you already mentioned geno spiff stack them with tyler lockett because i mean Super i'm cheap. looking at that same schedule you should be able to get lockett for what like a third maybe a couple thirds third and a fourth. pair of thirds 24 yeah, seconds so right at most and, right and so you, you, you know, and, and looking at that playoff schedule again, like week 14, Carolina, 15, San Francisco, and week 16, the 31st ranked KC Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like that, um, that I, that's an interesting one. I think what you got to do and what you like today, what I was doing is like, man, I have Pittman as my wide receiver one in the league and I don't love it, you know, and I went through and I looked and then I was like, oh man, the guy who's in third to last has Devontae Adams and Diggs. So I aggressively approached him today, and I was like, listen, I got Traylon Burks. I got the 102. I got, you know, mm-hmm. Rashad Bateman. I got Michael Pittman. Tell me what it's going to cost. You know, like, go to them, you know, yep. and try to make an arrangement. Right. But listen, help me help you, right? Like, this is a perfect time to build dynasty relationships, to put yourself yep. into a situation where you're, you're going to make more future deals, where I said, listen, I have Pittman as my wide receiver nine, full, you know, full disclosure. I have... Mm-hmm. Tyreek is my seven. I have Diggs as my eight. I'll give you Bateman and Pittman for either one of them. You know, the two for one. Because the ceiling on Devontae Adams, the ceiling on Diggs, the ceiling on, you know, those potential players, Tyreek Hill, is going to be more points than what Michael Pittman's going to put up in a week. Yeah, and I I want to add one more thing, too. When you're making these kind of moves, don't be too scared about trading for a pick 
right? Because mm-hmm. you can cascade that, right? You look at the pieces involved in the deal, look at market value. It's all good. Like if you decide that, you know, you needed a piece, but you got to throw in and, you know, you got a pick tossed in, we'll just flip the pick too, right? So just look at market values and just keep staying active. Cascade, like you said, you're, you're warming up different other teams that are out of the hunt at this point, And you're keeping those conversations open about pieces that you need to mm-hmm. get, again, get those points per game that you need to win a ship. Right. So uh, well, you know, we, yeah. you're right. I mean, the cast, we talk about cascaded trades all the time and fantasy nerd boy asked me about it one today. And I, I mean, it's a little crazy, but like he said, Hey man, I saw Michael Carter's schedule and we just talked about it. He said, guy offered me Michael Carter in a 23 first for Mixon. So now you get to a situation here where you're like, Mixon got the concussion, Michael Carter's been an RB2, you insulate a little bit, depending on where you're at, right? If you're that guy who's top two and you're going to be a buy versus that guy who's six, who's kind of going in, like you almost want to go all the way. But if you get yourself a pick and say Mixon goes down, now you have Carter and you have a 23 first, a 23 first could buy you Dalvin Cook. A 23 first could buy you Devontae exactly. Adams, you know? So, exactly. like, that puts you in that area. That's great, great analysis. Mung, Stefan Diggs gets Miami in Week 15. You know, Jamar Chase and 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 T. Higgins are in there. And I want to talk to you about a trade that that uh, the big cheese <laughs> from our Patreon, he traded Bateman, Kyron Williams, a 23 first and a 23 second for T. Higgins to go all in. So we're talking late first, late second, Bateman for T Higgins. Yeah, I think it's a fine deal. Um, But just bear in mind, you know, Chase is on the cusp of returning. It's not like he Mm -hmm. could even be back uh, against the Titans this week. So I I think the value is fine. But personally, I probably would have targeted another receiver. And you guys are talking about all these bigger name players where these are kind of league shaping deals, right? And we didn't get to the small ones yet. Well, I was going to say what I found in a lot of my leagues is teams who have guys like Stefan Diggs or Tyreek Hill, even if they're, you know, the seventh seed, the eighth seed right now, because they have those players, a lot of them do feel like, and some rightfully so, that they have a shot if and when Mm -hmm. they can make the playoffs. So again, right now, I'm actually targeting cheaper wide receivers who I like to call, you know, last man standing, right? I mentioned Demarcus Robinson, who the Ravens just have nothing in their passing game right now outside of Mark Andrews. Um, I like Darius Slayton a lot, who you can probably also get for a third rounder right now, mm-hmm. where with Wandell Robinson on IR now, Kenny Galladay just being dust at this point. I mean, really the passing offense almost has to go through Slayton. And, you know, these are guys who can win leagues for a lot cheaper than a first or a second where you get to keep those draft those draft picks, right? Because mm-hmm. look, look at last year and prior seasons where Braxton Berrios was a top 10 wide receiver in the fantasy playoffs, and he was practically free, right? <laughs> a, a few years yeah. back, uh, Brashad Perriman was a top 10 fantasy wide receiver oh, yeah. over the fantasy playoffs because both mm-hmm. Evans and Godwin got hurt. So, I I mean, kind of just look at the cheap options right now, too. Going all in doesn't necessarily have to be a a splashy move for a big-name player. Exactly. No, and I like that. John, I made a big splash for Tyreek Hill in Smash 5, you know, and I know you like that. But, I I mean, I I was like, I have a dominant team. I mean, you look at the squad, and it's 
it's Jalen Hurts, Dalvin Cook, Fournette, Tyreek Hill, you know, like I added Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Kelsey. I mean, it is built to smash, you know, and I, I, I got the deal done and I kind of like it. You know, it's Tyreek Hill and Dalton Schultz on my end. I gave up Pittman and Joku. A 24 second and a 25 second. And this is the one that spurred on that meme of F them picks, you know, which is, I'm going to, I'm going to tweet that one because it's glorious. He took the picture of me with my shades on with my kids at the beach and just Photoshopped it beautifully. But talk to me a little bit about this one. Yeah, I really like that move. I really, really do. I mean, if you can get Tyreek for the stretch run and, um, you know, get, you know, you're moving picks in this case and, you know, a younger wide receiver massive upgrade at that position i mean again you're putting more points in your lineup and you're not giving much away because these are future picks um you know Pittman, you hate to part with but yeah you're just that huge upgrade i mean tyreek's been like number one overall wide receiver i i've made similar moves um for other guys like we've talked about Devonta adams um we've talked on the show i traded you in one league for nuke mm-hmm. um we, we've talked about keenan allen um you can you can do that by parting with a younger wide receiver and or and or picks and so gotta applaud that kind of trade it's going to put you in such a tough position to to beat in, in smash five good luck to the other guys <laughs> in smash five it's going to be fun to watch and mung I, you, we talked about jameson williams and I, I want you to talk a little bit about him he's practicing and i know you'll probably hate my trade here but i'm in a league where i'm 21 and one uh, the only one i lost is by four points on the median but this team, again, absolutely all in. And Mike Williams has struggled for me a little bit. You know, I've really struggled. I have Tyreek Hill as my wide receiver one. I needed a wide receiver two. And I traded, I used Jamison Williams as capital and added Jamison Williams to Mike Williams for Devontae Adams. Now, I know you might, you're going to be a little bit mad at me. John, you might, you might actually like that one because we're like, Devontae's one of those guys. But talk to me a little bit about Jamison. And it's this one that I'm probably going to regret in a couple years. In a couple years, probably, maybe. But uh, again, kind of to what John John's point, you know, earlier, right? At this point in the season, it's a calculated gamble to mm-hmm. potentially overpay a little bit for these guys who can win you the titles, and who, are, if you do win the title, or even you know, just place in the top three, depending on your payout structure, can pay for your lead dues over the next four or five years. So, again, I think it's a slight overpay, but I. As long as you're a strong contender, it makes sense. We have a bunch of guys in the Patreon that are blowing us up right now with some trade offers, you know, and they're talking about uh, at Dynasty Scardi says, I traded a contender to get Cup. My roster should be good next year, so I took a chance, you know, like based off of what we talked about before, he's that perfect guy in those productive struggles. I think what most of the questions that guys are saying in there is right now, guys, what do we do with tight end? Okay, like Travis Kelsey is unobtainable i have made i made an offer today that got smash rejected i got laughed at it was darren waller Traylon burks rashad bateman three for one and the guy's not a playoff team and he's like nope can't do it you know like you're not going to be able to buy kelsey kick the tires if you want because the difference between travis kelsey the tight end one and mark andrews the tight end two is the same amount of difference in points you ready for this as the tight end two and the tight end 31. Okay, it's the Amazing. same amount of difference. It's insane. Mark Andrews and, and Travis Kelsey are a cut above, but when you look at the schedule, you know, and those are the hardest guys to buy, especially I'm in a two tight end league, it's nearly impossible. You look at strength of schedule, and TJ Hawkinson has the easiest like schedule like down the stretch. 
He has the easiest one, and he's been very, very good since he's gone to Minnesota. He has. He's been the number two target on the team after JJ. Uh, in fact, Adam Thielen has lost some targets there and others. And mm-hmm. you can see the rapport. I mean, just right out of the gates, huge target share for TJ Hawkinson. And you said combined with the schedule, I think it's getting harder to acquire him. But yeah, yep. nowhere near the price tag is Travis Kelty. I'll make one point on this. <laughs> if you're really thinking about and, and you, you want to do a type of an all-in contender, it really kind of has to start at the startup, right? Um, just Just if I can take a quick tangent on this. You're zigging while everyone else is zagging, right? In a dynasty, you're trading up in the draft when everyone else is trying to trade down and acquire more assets, more picks. You're trading your rookie picks to get those premium players that are going to help you win contend now. So that's when you go after Travis Kelty. He has, and we saw this in startups this year, because of his age, he's sliding down draft boards. And those savvy guys, 402. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) That's the time to do it. That, and that to me kind of blows my mind still. That was, you know, I had to say, guys, why'd you let that happen that what, late? If you startup? remember, I, I traded out of the first round, I traded out of the second round and just loaded up in that third and fourth round with the, the Mixons, yeah. the Kelseys, the Ecklers, and like the guys like in that, in mm-hmm. that range. So that's, mm-hmm. that's a great point. It's just, he's unattainable now. Like right just, now, just right. put it out there. You can't get it. If I came yeah. to you today and you, and say, Hey, would you take two twenty three first in, in smash leagues or 1.75 tight end premium? The answer is probably no, you know, like unless you're out of it. Yes, and if you're out of it, if you look, John, mm-hmm. across the smash leagues, one through seven, there is not a single team that has Travis Kelsey that is outside the top three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, that correlates. Well, it, and what it does, and it gives you that positional advantage. You know, we talked in the in the punt episode about giving yourself a disadvantage, vacating one position. And, you know, it, it, we were suggesting running back, right? Give, or, or maybe even quarterback mm-hmm. where you, you're, you're not scoring anything. If you want to win it all, you have to find a way to get yourself the positional advantage. So what, what is it going to be for you, right? Can, is, it, is it Travis Kelsey? That's, that's an automatic one to tie in. But if that's unattainable, you got to figure out a way to do it at other positions. Yeah. So that it, it's really the flip of what we, we talked about on those punts. And there's there's a couple young guys right now among that have great strengths of schedules too. I mean, you look at Pat Fryermuth, he has the best strength of schedule for the rest of the season and, you know, a top 5 overall in the playoffs. Uh you look at Gerald Everett, again, one of his super mm-hmm. easy schedules there. Greg Dolchich has a very easy schedule. Yep. Cole Komet has a good schedule. You know, uh, Tyler Higby. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Yep. Dalton Schultz, who since he's been since Dak's been back, has been fantastic. I mean, everyone's asking, you know, like, what do I do with the tight end position? You know, and they're like, if if you ain't first, you're last. But we got to figure out what we're doing in that area after Mark Andrews. I mean, who are those guys that we're buying? Who should we be making moves in? And you know, I was buying Najoku, but he has the hardest strength of schedule coming up through here for the tight end position. Yeah. And one name that kind of gets lost in the shuffle, who's not really in that elite tier at this point, but not, you know, one of the dark throw guys either is George Kittle. I mean, he gets Seattle and the Raiders uh, in the fantasy playoffs. And again, with all these options for Garoppolo, the ball is getting spread around quite a bit, but we know that he's got, you know, 40 point upside any given week. Yeah. It just showed us that. I want to talk about Dallas Goddard right now because to me, 
in Dynasty, Dallas Goddard has moved himself into my tight end three, maybe four, five at the absolute latest. But you don't have Dallas Goddard right now, John. You know, and we're talking about right. it in Smash One where there was a trade, you know, to move up to Mark Andrews, to move up to, you know, Travis Kelsey. I mean, what are we you almost have to if you're a contender right now, and as much as it hurts, you can't go backwards from Dallas Goddard. You almost have to use him to go and move up or at least move lateral with a, a Kittle, with a guy like that. I mean, there's so many people yeah. that are reaching out. They're like, I lost Ertz. Where do I go? I lost mm-hmm. I lost Goddard. Where do I go? I, have this week, have made more trades for tight ends than I ever have. I've made okay. 24 seconds for, for Njoku everywhere, for Dawson yeah. Knox everywhere, and I've made 23 seconds for Cole Komet and, and Dalton Schultz. I mean, it's – it's gonna be. Yeah. This is where you need to catch up, right? You're getting your right. you're getting your rear end handed to you by Travis Kelsey in the championship because he's gonna be there. Who can we get to compete with Travis Kelsey? Yeah, there's there's two ways you can go about this. One is, you know, first of all, if you're contending and you have Dallas Goddard and you're going all in, you have to move Dallas Goddard. You have to, and you could either package him with picks, kind of like we talked about with Cup, and try to get as much or more production. Maybe maybe see if one of the teams is out of the running that has Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey and package a first in Dallas Goddard and see if he could pry him off. Didn't work still in looking. smash two. The guys at okay. the seven seed, I'm the, I'm the four seed. Yeah. He still thinks was, he's in it. Yeah. I said 23, one plus Goddard for Andrews. And he said, no. Yeah. I mean, you could give it a shot, right? But if you're out, okay, well, you got to move the other direction and getting moving Dallas Goddard and you're trying to get somebody back. Uh, you know, you mentioned Njoku, and he gets Deshaun Watson. They like to look at him in the red zone. I do like that one a lot. Um, TJ Hawkinson, for sure, if you could pick him up for Dallas Goddard, maybe you get another piece thrown in. Dalton Schultz is another one I really like. Those are the kinds of guys that I'd be looking for. You might even be able to pick up a piece along with it, right? Then you flip that pick that you got, or maybe you get another running back or wide receiver some of these next man up type running backs thrown in the deal, but you got to move Dallas Goddard and you got to get pieces to, to put points back in your lineup. A guy that's low key in there that I, and that I like buying right now is Tyler Higby. He's a tight end nine, you know, mm-hmm. he's coming off tight end five, tight end nine. And when you look at the schedule, when it's, you know, the first five weeks, he was top five, you know, and now he gets, he gets some, some nice cake matchups here in KC, Seattle, and Las Vegas. A little bit tougher in the playoffs, but Tyler Higby's a cheap fill-in because guys are going to need that cheap fill-in. You know, and I think that was a great point. If you can't trade Dallas Goddard for Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, don't be short-sighted. Go out there and put Dallas Goddard and Christian Kirk together to go get yourself Tyreek Hill. That's go it. get that wide receiver That's who's going to make that difference because you're not making the difference at tight end if you're going and trading for Gerald Everett. That's not your league-winning mentality, but it keeps you at a solid 10, 12 points, but then you put Dallas Goddard with someone else and you get yourself an upgraded quarterback, an upgraded running back, an upgraded wide receiver. You know, like this is a topic where I think we could talk for four and a half hours and not stop, but it's just like the dynasty philosophy of the tight end position is just a very difficult thing, Monk. Yeah, it's really tough because, again, tight end just is a desert, right? Uh, it's almost worth not looking at upgrading the position if you have a serviceable player, um, if you can't get Kelsey or Andrews or one of those guys. So really, like you said, I'm looking to upgrade all the other positions, cheap running backs, cheap wide receivers. Um, Basically, I'm looking to get more bang for my buck. 
Uh, I'm still holding on to my firsts and seconds in a few leagues where I am contending uh, just to kind of wait until the final week before the deadline or before the fantasy playoffs to really make those pushes. But again, as with many things in life, it's all about timing, right? You don't want to miss out on potential trades because don't forget other contending teams are going to be looking to upgrade their rosters over the next few weeks as well. Well, and I think timing is everything, right? I mean, we talked about it. And if you guys have listened to the podcast the entire year, you guys are probably sitting in a nice spot. And I was talking with, with uh, I have a group chat with just, we're, we're trying to launch that side pod here with, with Josh Smith, Smith and, and, and Fantasy Nerd Boy. And I was like, we talk about cascaded trades and you do it at the right time. And I want to tell you, you know, I traded Kittle for Waddle and a, a Kittle in a second for Waddle in a 22 first, right when the season was over, right? Or right before the playoffs. And the guy wanted, wanted Kittle for a shot. Then I moved Waddle for Pittman in a 23 first because Pittman was a guy that we talked about in March where it was like a guy to go out there and buy, right? And then I ended up, the 23 first is now the 102. I traded that back for Waddle. So now we're like in a situation where essentially it's going to be end result Kittle for Waddle, Pittman, and, and plus. You know, like no matter what in those situations, guys, you want to flip and you want to cascade, and you want to do the insulation, and all the things that we've been teaching you guys along the way. We just wanted to give you some ideas of how to push all in. We've, we've been here the entire road trying to tell you what to do with your injured players, what to do with things, and if you guys are listening to these tips, like I, I, I think you're going to be in the right spot, and I'm just super excited with what we've been bringing out to you guys lately. Yeah, I started off with the rounders quote. Let me throw another one at you. Why do you think the same five guys made it to the final table of the World Series of Poker every year? What, are they the luckiest guys in Las Vegas, right? Why do you think the dad's always competing there for the title every year in all the Smash Leagues that he's, he's contending in, right? Because you stay aggressive, you, know, you listen to the pod, you're making moves throughout the year, and you're willing to make these trades that the other guys may not be. And we just gave you a ton of ideas. You know, you want to break down your roster and look at some other options, send us DMs, but you have to be that kind of player. There's a reason why these same teams are winning it every year because they do these kinds of moves. They're willing to go all in when everyone else is still kind of looking at their cards. They're not sure. Take advantage of that. And trust me, you'll enjoy it when you take down that ship. Well, and the guys in the Patreon are like, how do you get these deals? And I was like, it's timing. And it's just how you deal with it, right? It's like we, we talk about so many different tools in that in that toolbox for you to kind of get deals done. Uh, Mung, this was a fun show. You know, like we, we, we talk a lot on here about trades and we talk about how to rebuild and how to retool and how to build for the future. But this was a fun one really just talking about going all in. And there's so many different ways to go about it. And it, it's just, it's fun when it all comes together. Yeah, and I'll, I'll leave... Uh, the listeners with one last note for those who, uh, as always, stick it out to the end of the podcast episodes. Um, Keep in mind, too, as you're looking at fantasy playoff schedules, that some teams have players returning from injury, right? We we talk about guys returning like Marquise Brown on the offensive side, but it's important to look at the defense, too, because the Bills haven't been a scary matchup right now. Uh, We just saw Amari Cooper go off on them this past Mm -hmm. week. Uh, but that's without Tredavious White and without Micah Hyde, who could still make it back towards the end of the season, right? Um, you guys talked about Miami as a good matchup. 
and Byron Jones has been out, but he could be activated over the coming weeks, and that would make their secondary a lot tougher with the tangent uh, or the ten. What am I trying to say? The tandem, excuse me, of Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, right? And then even a great example would be Atlanta, where AJ Terrell came back against the Bears after missing a few games. And the first game where Terrell was out was the one where DJ Moore had 150 yards and a touchdown. And when they played again, Moore did not do so hot when Terrell was back in in the lineup. So those are all little details that you should bear in mind as you're looking ahead uh, to the fantasy playoff schedules too. Dude, absolutely love it. Love it. Last thing I got to know from each of you, the 101 of Thanksgiving dinner for you tomorrow what is it john what's that one thing that every year you're like boom that's it for me you gotta have that dressing to go with the turkey that combo yeah that's that's the killer duo you know that's your jalen waddle and tua for me on thanksgiving i gotta yeah i gotta have that mix there you go there you go monk you know sometimes the chalk plays are chalk for a reason and uh none of the sides matter if you don't have the good turkey so just as long as i have the turkey nothing else really matters and mine's gonna be interesting since my mom's sick get well mom we're doing thanksgiving it was just me and the kids and i was like guys you want to have turkey twice they're like nope crab cakes and crab legs i'm like let's do it (laughs) thanksgiving the right right. way hey thanks again thanks again for tuning in guys and enjoy the process